Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, it's great to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, Sarah is part of a group called Striking Matches. Yeah. But what? But what? <laughs> um, really awesome stuff, just really guitar based, which, you know, I think I appreciate a lot. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will too. Um, I guess for lack of a better word, kind of Americana. You know, a little bit of Americana, a little, we, we kind of have self-labeled it as pop rock Americana. So that's, nice. that's kind of the I genre. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> the name, the, the name says it all. It's uh, your music is straight fire. Hey, there you yes. go. <laughs> hey, Thanks. Um, no, it's, it's, it's oh, got a really, I, I've been listening to it all day today and uh, oh, I admittedly haven't heard of you guys before because I'm yeah. more into the uh, rock metal scene. Totally. But, good gravy you've got some serious energy to it and that's one of my favorite <laughs> things about music is if the music doesn't make me want to get up and dance or mosh or whatever then like what's the point yeah <laughs> on the whole but there's some really yeah. good stuff there oh really thank do. you thank you <laughs> so sarah where might people have heard your music um well we have had um some songs on tv which is probably Unless you found us like on Spotify or in the live world, um, then you might have heard our music on TV. We've had um, nine songs on the TV show Nashville. And uh, this past year, we had a song on Grey's Anatomy. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. We had uh, a couple of other syncs on a couple of other shows. We had one on American Idol, which was really cool. Wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It was like in... Um, like in those scenes where the people are auditioning, but they're kind of like it's sort of B-roll stuff. We had one of our songs on that, which we didn't actually even know it was happening. A lot of times it's happened to us once before where um, they license the song for the span of the season. And if they use it, they use it. And the first time they didn't end up using it. So the second time they did end up using it, but we didn't know. And Justin's parents were watching and they were like, oh my God, your song is on the show. And we had no idea. So uh, Justin's mom left him this like amazing voicemail that we ended up putting on our social media because it was so funny. Um, so it was really cool. So um, we've had we've had some songs in the sync world. Um, and then other than that, we're just on, you know, iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. So. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, just for the listeners, Sarah and I actually went to college together. We were in the same freshman dorm. Yeah. Though I know you play guitar and I knew you were much better than me, so I was really afraid of you. Aww. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, wow, she's a very good guitarist. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, thank I'm better you. now than I was in college, but. Uh, I mean, yeah. we all are, I hope. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. If you aren't getting better, then exactly what that's are you? Sad. Yeah. 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 If you aren't getting better, you're getting worse, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. I know before the episode, we were talking a little about your your gear yeah. and your sort of minimalistic approach to it. I'd love to hear mm -hmm. a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um. I have always had a minimalistic approach to gear. And I don't know if that just comes from, um, just, I think I'm the type of person that like, once I find what I like, I, that's it. And I'm like, I don't even need to know a lot about it. I just know what I like, like wine, for example. I know what I like in wine. I don't know a lot about wine, but I know what kind of wine I like. 
And I think I'm that way with like pedals and things like that. It's just, I know what I'm looking for. I know what I need to get me to the place that I want to go. And that's all I want. That's all I want to have to carry with me. We travel so much that like having a massive pedal board is hard for me. I'm a small person. (laughs) And so I like to, and two, like the more stuff you have, the more stuff that can break and go wrong. And I've had that happen too. And it's just like, which one of these is not working? So when I started to just take, exactly. When I started to just take stuff away and really only use the stuff I needed, then I found myself in a much more peaceful place. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Yes. So I play about probably 99% of the time I play a Gibson SG. Um, Gibson has been very, very good to us over the last year and has just been super supportive of us and of me, especially being a female guitar player and all that. They've just been really cool. And so I'm pretty much SG all the way. I have uh, a white one um, because I used to actually be like all telly all the time. Justin played a strat. I played a telly. That was the deal. Justin is my duet partner, by the way, um, which we can talk about that later. But um and we we were making our first record, and it was produced by T-Bone Burnett, who's amazing. And oh, yeah. I started to play a lot of slide around that time. And so he was like, you know, you should be playing an SG, and you should get a white one because Sister Rosetta Tharp had a bright white one. And I was like, well, okay, she's, like, really awesome, so I will. Um, but I honestly just have an SG from Guitar Center, and it's so rad. I love it. Um, I love the tone. And then I just got a new one. There's a new 2019 Gibson model. Um, and it's this like really cool blue. I think it's called blueberry burst or blueberry fade. One of those, something to do with blueberry. Um, but it is also really cool. And so those are my guitars. Um, my pedals, I just have, um, I got a boss tuner, you know, and then I have an OCD OCD overdrive, uh, an MXR reverb, and a Pog octave pedal that I use on a couple of songs. And that is it. Nice. (laughs) And then I have a near my amp. I did have the speaker altered, so I have a larger speaker in there, um, which makes it a little heavier. But uh, it, I think the Blues Junior sometimes is a little bit boxy. And having this new speaker is, has taken away the boxiness, so. But that's it. That's all I take with me. <laughs> that, if you can't make that sound good, then you're doing something wrong. That's a solid little setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's my minimalistic approach. <laughs> nice. Love that. I dig it. I, I in, a, in a strange way, I envy that because I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where uh, I tend to act like uh, overkill is the best kill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's gotten me in trouble before. I'm like, we're we're going on in five and my giant wet dry wet stereo whatever and there's a one dead patch cable and i've only got right. one backup and i hope it's long enough to f- and so i've i found myself more than once like right before we go on like kicking my pedal board like oh yeah i've done that to figure out yeah. where the where the, the crackle is yep <laughs> i can't say i recommend it but yeah i think last time i played a show i brought two pedals a volume pedal and then nice. the Moon Canyon, because it just has overdrive, reverb, and delay, and they all sound great. I'm like, I don't want to screw with bringing even my smaller yeah. pedal board. I just want the one pedal. I'm yeah. not playing a lot of songs. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I miss is a volume pedal. I 
haven't had one of those with me in a long time because the setup that Justin and I do is so uh, we need our feet because Justin's playing guitar and a kick drum. I'm playing guitar and a kick tambourine. And so I can't like use the volume pedal while I'm trying to do the tambourine. And it's so heavy that I just took it out. But I do miss that having that ability to just like give yourself a little extra kind of fade in and out. I kind of miss that. I've had to learn to do it with my hand, which is fine. Um, but I do yeah. miss the volume pedal. You just remind yeah. me. <laughs> oh yeah, there. I I get. Uh, you said you play the tambourine with your foot, and he plays the kick. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that would be a little much. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of moving parts. <laughs> yeah, unless you were sitting down, I don't know how right. you would yeah, keep your balance. Yes, yes, yeah. and I have to do it in heels, and that's hard. But I've practiced <laughs> many, many hours. Morsel, I don't. <laughs> oh I'm my gosh! That, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and Prince, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Both just too short. <laughs> mm. Love Prince. How tall are you? Well, I'm five four, which is not super short. That's not short. That's like average for women, I think. Yeah, but I, f- when I'm on stage and I'm wearing flat shoes, I just feel short. And I yeah. think so much of like how you present yourself on stage is is part of your performance. And if I feel mm-hmm. like I don't look good or how I want to look, I don't play as well. So I totally. have to sort of like put that in to my whole deal. Which is just, it's just part of it, I think. And then I try and just have like really cool shoes all the time. So people are always like, your shoes yeah. are so neat. So, your aesthetic you know. is really great. Thank you. It's a weird thing to say, <laughs> but like, just like the sharp suits that Justin wears. And I think it was the, yeah. uh, when you did the instrumental of um, Gold Digger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? that? Whatever you're wearing, I'm like, that's dope. Thanks. It, I got that off of a store called Nasty Gal, which is an amazing store. I think they only have women's clothes, but they have just like some really rad jumpers and stuff, and they're not nice. very expensive. Oh, and really? That thing is called Cape It Together. They all have like really yeah. funny names that Cape It Together. That's funny. I was like, man, capes are underrated. I know. <laughs> I <love> yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta I, I gotta drop a little uh rant real quick not rant but like something that I've been thinking about lately is uh um, I'm redoing the website or not redoing I'm creating a website for my pedal topper company which I do volume expression watt pedal toppers cool. and, and uh, boss pedal toppers and Sweet. boss pedal toppers yeah and so the thing that I've been kind of wrapping my head around like the philosophy and how I want to uh, not attack this but how I want to present this to the world is mm-hmm. because I think that what I have provides value but it's it's still very much a superficial thing and trying to think about it in a way that's like, well, no, actually this is really important. And um, so I was, I was up till like midnight last night writing about aesthetic and how that's a really important part of uh, artistic expression. It's not just about the sound. There's so much more to who we are as artists mm-hmm. uh, and just re- that really rounds out the whole, the broader picture. And so absolutely yeah. 100%, the way you present yourself, the way you look, the way that you feel, the way you do your hair, the way, uh, the colors mm-hmm. that I, I, I need to start coloring my hair again. Goodness, it's just about um, it's about confidence, really. Yeah, whatever, totally. whatever gives yeah. you the confidence you need to perform. If it's high heels or if it's, you know, having your guitar look a certain way. And yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely all about the uh, you do you and don't apologize for it. Yeah, totally. Unless yeah, the totally. you is just a total asshole, but you can bleep that. <laughs> right? Yeah, don't I'm, not bleep, I'm not bleeping that out. <laughs> I'm not bleeping that out. So. But I yeah. will say, um, uh, everyone listening about the bleeps, uh, if you listen to the Louise episode, 
I had to bleep quite a bit of it. <laughs> there was one bleep where you could absolutely tell that she was saying the F word still. And my husband looked at me. He's like, Emily. He's like, that wasn't bleeped enough. I'm like, no, it's fine. He's like, bleep it more. <laughs> Come on, Rick. I didn't know I that think- there were like multiple levels of bleeping. <laughs> I just like bleeped the uh sound. So you can still hear the f and the c. Gotcha. See what I think we need to do is we need to bleep it out with meow noises. Ooh, find me a good idea. meow noise, Andrew. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna find a good meow noise, and I think that'll just really tie together good. the uh, the aesthetic of this podcast. Or I'll just there hold Princess Carrie Fisher up to a microphone and annoy her. Oh, it's my husband. My my cat actually is more of a like a squeaky, chirpy meow. But my husband uh, always does the, the best impress- impression of her meow. And it's, ah, ah. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. <laughs> yeah, we don't really need to blow out the tweeters on anybody's sound systems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Was that loud? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that loud. I'm just, you know. After, I, oh, what, who was it? It was Clifton Worley. Someone was talking about how like he was blowing out subwoofers. Because he's, he's just got, got he's got that, a low drawl. He's got that low drawl. I love Clifton. He's great. He's just so soothing. Just put that on and fall asleep. I don't think it puts you asleep. I think I just spend the whole time thinking, "Wow, I wish I had that voice." It's just so soothing. It's it's smooth, like yeah. but like in a molasses kind of smooth. It's like I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna stop talking now. He's gonna get ideas. He's gonna be like, mm, "That Andrew guy likes me." <laughs> no. Yeah. So Sarah, you said you have um, a single coming out, or it will have come out, I guess. By yeah, the- it will have been out um, March 8th. It's the first single of um, quite a big project, I think it's going to turn into being. Um, we're going to be releasing um, probably about three EPs over the next year, essentially. Um, wow. So this is the first single from the first one. And kind of the idea is that um, we, you know, we, we've just and I've been a band for seven years, something like that. And where we started is very different than where we are now, which I think after that amount of time, especially coming from neither one of us intended moved to Nashville to be artists, really. We both moved to Nashville to just be guitar players. And so we, you know, our first couple of years are figuring it out. And so our, our stylistically we've grown and um, as players, we've grown as writers, we've grown. And so we sort of like dip our toes into several different genres, basically. Um, so we write just like a lot of different stuff. And so the idea was, you know, over the last year or two, we've, we've had a hard time because we felt like we had to kind of point in a certain direction and it wasn't really working. And so we were just like, why don't we just do the things that we do and let's just split them up into, you know, sort of seasons almost, or, you know, parts of a day. And so we're going to do the first EP will be like a little bit more rock oriented second ep will be a little bit more pop oriented and the third one will be a little bit more like americana live kind of what our first record was um and you know it'll be a lot of there'll probably be a couple like seven minute songs on that one and um but we really wanted to just kind of give our fans the opportunity to hear all of the things that we do instead of trying to go in one place and have that sort of be like playing with an an arm behind our backs, you know? 
Um, so, and the way that people listen to music now anyway, we just felt like, let's just, let's just pare it down. Let's not do a whole record at once. Let's do three EPs that will become a full record of all of these different styles that we feel like we, we can do. And so that's yeah. what we're going to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I already said this, but I love that. I think that's just such a great idea. Um, I, the idea of just making it so that there are these cohesive sounds, but also almost not trying to overdo it. Like, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of perfect. And it reminds me of something I, I've tried to do before um, working with other artists. Like, how about mm-hmm. you just do an A side and a B side every month instead of trying to do one right. album all at once? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know that you know that makes you think of like when an artist like kind of locks themselves into a sound and then they release an album that's got a different even it doesn't even have to be that different. It's just a different take on things. There was like, oh mm-hmm. well, I like the first album better. They suck. They sold out. I and I think I know. <laughs> that really bothers me. It's one of my pet peeves, I think, of and it, it's hard. I mean, I try and, and look at it from both sides of the coin because obviously like I'm an artist, but I'm also a music listener and I'm a consumer. And so I try and see it from both size because I think I can be like that too but like from the artist perspective it's so hard to just be like okay I'm just doing this one thing and the x people liked that one thing but then there's all these other people that might like this other thing and so to 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 not even allow yourself to be that kind of artist I think would be I don't know if I could do it (laughs) I mean as a listener and a fan um I love it when artists change things up because I don't want to listen to the same record every exactly. three years. Yeah. Like what mm-hmm. I love about um, like people like Prince and Elvis Costello is that mm-hmm. they have so many different genres. Like, oh, I'm kind right. of in a mood for, for for funk, so I'll put on this Prince record. If I want more rock, right. I'll put on this Prince record. If I want some new Jack mm-hmm. Swing, that one. Like, and yep. it, Yeah, I think it just enables people to um, have a deeper relationship with your music. Exactly. I mean, I'm not opposed to like having like the having locking yourself down into a sound. I think that's totally fine if Mm -hmm. if that's the kind of thing that the artist wants to do, because then they're they're still inspired. They're still getting Mm -hmm. getting to it. And it's I think it becomes a problem when it's like, oh, well, you've you've locked yourself in here. Now you're kind of stuck. And Mm -hmm. that's where when we when I get the sense that the artist is is tied down or just is stuck in a rut, that's when I. Uh, mm-hmm. That's problematic. I think we gotta give our artists permission to step out of the step out of the box a little bit. Think outside yeah. the bun. Yeah. Like Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly. It all comes back to Taco Bell. Mmm, <laughs> crunchy. I'd be fine with that. Or cheesy. Sawdust. There you go. We're both. I like Taco Bell. <laughs> it's. I haven't been to Taco Bell in many, many years. Yeah, it's been a while. There's so many alternatives out here. Taco time is great. I don't yeah. think I've been to Taco Bell since I've had access to Taco Time. What about Del Taco? You know, I've got an interesting history with Del Taco, but we can get into that another time. <sighs> Let me ask. I don't like Taco Time. I've never even heard of Taco Time. I like it for what it is. Uh, it's it, like a cleaner Taco Bell. I like no. it better than Chipotle, <laughs> hands down. Oh. Um. Not a- yeah, that's a place I haven't been to in years. Yeah, I kind of stopped going after everybody got sick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't, I won't touch that if I have a choice. After like the third or fourth time, like once, I'm like, I'll forgive you. Twice, maybe not. Three times, you're. I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to put my body at risk. <laughs> what everybody seems to forget is like Chipotle was owned by McDonald's at one point in time. 
I don't yeah, think they was. still are, but like they, st- I feel like they still run it mm-hmm. kind of. It like it is a fast food chain, and so yeah, yeah for sure. People just get fooled and lured into into the whole like, oh, it's like this is this is good quality food. And not to say that it's not. It but, is. Like, it, I mean, it was like higher quality. But like, let like let's be honest with ourselves. It's still fast food. I don't know. It is fast, but fast doesn't have to mean bad. It can just mean like. Uh, well operated and well run like think about food trucks people love food trucks is that not True. fast food no. i mean i guess that's fair i don't know like it's maz tacos fast food oh good point mm. oh my mm. god maz tacos I mean, fast food has its place like in and out best burger chain in the nation i still think you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> no i just like it for the nostalgia and it gives me an excuse to just say little things like that like best best burger chain out there and i'm not sure i agree with that but it, it's my favorite, and so I just like to interject that and wait for this, uh-huh. the awkward silence of everybody running through their through the, the list of the 18 other different burger joints that they prefer. What's Nashville's big burger joint, though? Uh, burger Up. Oh. <laughs> we just got a Shake Shack in oh. Green Hills. Yeah, um, Andrew, I told you Shake Shack. Yep, Shake Shack is very good. I still haven't been to the one in Seattle. It's really good. I think a lot of people compare In-N-Out and Shake Shack, and they're like, Shake Shack's better, In-N-Out's better. But I just don't think – I think they're just different, and I think yeah. they should be appreciated for what they are individually. In-N-Out's <laughs> definitely its own thing. In-N-Out's fries are garbage. You know, I resent that. You represent that? <laughs> no, I, I, I resent Sorry, I said that was a mouthful of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like the fries. I don't expect everybody else to like them. In and out stuff. I don't. I don't defend In and Out for everybody else. I don't think everybody has to like it. It's just something that I personally deeply enjoy, and I. I just don't want people telling me that I can't enjoy it or that my taste is bad. It's just. It's my thing. Well, yeah, that's no one's right to do that. All right. Um. So on that note, should we thank our sponsor, In and Out? <laughs> uh, no, our sponsor is actually yes. Taco Bell. Speaking of which, uh, no. Uh, uh, Four twenty-five. Order of Crunchwrap Supreme. You know what? I love those quesadillas. Mm-hmm. Whatever that sauce is they put in them is, whoo. You know, it's fu- it's funny because I said 425 because that's five minutes after you're supposed to get high every day. Every day. No. God, are you okay, Andrew? I'm a little worried about you. Uh, you. You know, man, I'm just, I'm cool. I'm doing great. Sorry. I, I got someone reached out to me <laughs> to give me some free CBD oil. and They told me to take three drops three times a day. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. I haven't tried um, that stuff yet. There's a spot that just opened right down the street from my house CBD oil. that sells it. Yes, they're everywhere now. I'm pretty decidedly AI, an alcohol and caffeine kind of guy. I, I like what I like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there you go. I think someone said, well, my mom read that CBD oil is hard on your liver. So she said she hadn't been taking the one the stuff I gave her. I'm like, well, so is alcohol. <laughs> Wait, <True>. what? <laughs> So is Tylenol. Ibuprofen's awful for your liver. That's why, fun fact, you're not so It's bad for your stomach. It's bad for your stomach. It's all bad for everything except pain. (laughs) Uh, I think you're not supposed to take it like immediately uh, to prevent a hangover. It's like if you've been drinking at night, I've heard that you're not supposed to take it like before you go to sleep. You got to wait till the morning till your liver's had a chance to settle out. I don't think it's, I think that's more, I think it's actually a stomach ulcer thing. 
Like, I know Tylenol mm. is just really bad for your liver, but I right. think that mm. ibuprofen is hard on your stomach. Well, maybe that's it. I don't know. You're not supposed that. to have it on empty stomach. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, our sponsor is not Taco Bell, and uh, not we Tylenol. are all <laughs> we are good human beings that don't do the devil's lettuce. Um, why would we do that? And I, I like their lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never tried it. <laughs> no, it's just like this, like the crap they put on the taco. Oh, the Taco Bell's lettuce. Yeah, the like air lettuce. It makes me feel better about eating it. Yeah, it's Taco Bell lettuce green, is the devil's right? lettuce. What else would the devil's lettuce be? Kale. Yeah, exactly. Um, no. Kale. <laughs> I like Chard. Kale. I, chard. Swiss chard. Swiss chard. Good gravy. This is just going straight off the rails and uh apologize in advance to Chad. Yes, sorry Chad. We uh we've blemished this episode. Um, we blemished your sponsorship forever. Yeah. So Chad, Chad Jennings. Jennings, the man, the wonder, the incredible guitar builder. Um this is Luthier extraordinaire. This is why we're supposed mm-hmm. to script this out. I I feel like I should I'm just winging this. Uh, all I know is that he makes great guitars for an incredible price, handmade in the USA. Uh, yeah, they look really great. And I'm definitely buying one this year. That's the plan. All right. Mm-hmm. Sarah, have you seen his guitars? Chad Jennings' guitars? I haven't. I'm about to Google Let's... them, though. Yeah. Check it out. It... He has some, he, he does a really great dog hair finish we've talked about before. And his custom builds are just insanely well priced like for a custom build a lot of places you're looking at four right. to five k and uh i think mm-hmm. his the one i'm looking at getting he starts at like right around the two grand mark uh, wow and his telly his telly build which is called the navigator starts at 15 mm-hmm. like that's cool that's the same cost of a no i think the fender american professionals are up to 1650 now expensive. Yeah, yeah so it's cheap yeah, I think you're right. And yeah. He's a one man shop right now. Wow. It's all the necks are hand carved. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Dang. So for the 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 quality of what you're getting at the price point is unbeatable. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fender totally. Is is got to pick up the game if I'm going to buy something new from them again, as opposed to a Jennings sure. at that price <laughs> point. So there you go. I mean, I'm going to buy that tenor uh, guitar that they're putting out, regardless. Ooh, well, you like tenors. I, I, I love tenor guitars. I got, I mean, my hands aren't super small, but they're smaller than some. Same. <laughs> yeah. We manage. We do. We get by. I have um, thumbs that are um, toe thumbs, if you've ever heard of those. Uh, if you haven't, give it a Google. Uh, but my thumbs are really short and stubby and look like toes. And so that, like, my hands are just small and I have small little toe thumbs, but... We get by. <laughs> huh. I have not actually heard of that. Well, how about that? Um, huh. Give it a Google. Megan Fox has one. Just one? Uh, I believe it's more common to have one. I think it's more common to have one than it is to have two. But I have been blessed with two. <laughs> At least you have the symmetry. That's true. I'm actually very grateful for that. I'd rather have two than just one. I'd rather have like normal thumbs, but I didn't get those. So That probably just forced you into proper, proper playing techniques. I hope so. I mean, I use my thumb quite a bit um, yeah. on both hands, but they're definitely shorter than the average uh, thumb <laughs> and wider. Oh, I, I can't wrap around on a neck and use my thumb for the low strings. I can't do it. Really? Like ah. I, I just I was always told to not, and so I've just never tried to make that a thing. 
I was also told it's to one not. of my favorite. It's one yeah. of my favorite techniques. I yeah. I use it all the time. I, I think love it, it. Yeah, I I prefer it. Yeah. Well, maybe one day I want to expand past my genting ways. I'll look into it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um. So, do we want to talk about the topic? I mean, probably. It's a. It's about that time of the day. <laughs> It's about the time to talk about the topic. Um, Andrew, you didn't say today that we're going to talk about stuff and things. Stuff and things? Things and stuff and hats and boots. Boots and hats and boots and hats. Ten hats and hats. Um. That sign isn't there in Nashville anymore, is it, Sarah? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. And in, in near, like, off lower Broadway, there used to be a store that had that big neon sign that said hats, boots, hats, boots. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I don't actually know. I I mean, it's probably not, to be yeah. honest. But it might be. I mean, people still come in from out of town and go get their three pairs of boots for 100 bucks or whatever it is. That's a good um, deal, but if you can find three pairs of boots that I mean, don't terrify you. Yeah. They're pretty yep. ugly boots, most of them. I used to wear yeah, boots at I, one point in time. I just I, I, It never jived with me. Yeah, I've never been able to do the cowboy boots. Yeah, cowboy boots are a yeah, special thing. True. They are, and I think only certain people can really make them work, and I'm not one of those people. <laughs> yeah, I have like a lot of rounded toe boots, like not quite Doc Martens, but more in the vein of Doc Martens, mm-hmm. and those seem to suit me a little better. So how often do y'all make it out to the West Coast? Um, Trying to make it out there more. <laughs> uh, we just did Nam, which was really cool. Um but for like shows, we were in, we did like a small West Coast run in, when was that? I think it was the early fall, I'm pretty sure. Um, but we only, we did like San Francisco, LA, um, San Diego. We nice. didn't get up to um, Seattle or Portland or anything. It's been a couple years actually, so we're way overdue ah. for getting back there. But I th- we're now with all the new music coming out, we're starting to work on the tour dates. So hopefully soon, hopefully before long. Awesome. How was Nam? I think that's what you're talking about when Andrew joined. Yeah, I mean, it was really really cool. We went 2 years ago and it was a little overwhelming for us. Um there were just so many people. And we were literally only there for one performance and it was just like a lot. But this year we actually, Gibson brought us out to play, um, to do some like demos in their booth and then do like an actual show for them. And it was just really cool. They've, they've um, done a really nice job at kind of coming back and um, it was really cool. We really enjoyed it. We didn't get to see a lot. Um, I mean, there's just so much, Um, but we got to see a few good things and, um, just got to play some really cool instruments and it was a nice. lot of fun. And then we went to Disneyland, obviously. Disneyland. Yeah, it was a good time. I'm hoping to go to Disneyland <laughs> soon. I think that's the plan. When the kid is a nice. smidge older. I think we're going down to California sometime this year. Oh, that's plan. right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the tentative plan. There may or may not be a Disneyland trip involved. Yeah, I might try to do summer. I might try to do summer Nam this year in Nashville because I've been needing, needing nice, to get back yeah. to Nashville. It's been five years. We oh, actually four years. Wow, we moved away about four. That's years crazy. Ago. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, keep me posted. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Get in with those dwarf craft peeps. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So shall I? I let's see here. I have one question because I heard a hint of something earlier this episode and I wanted to flesh it out a little bit. And so I'm just going to ask a really <laughs> pointed and very obviously um, it's, I'm going to be, I'm going to provoke a response here that I think I'm going to get very <laughs> intentionally. So, um, all right. So Sarah, what is it like I'm being nervous. married to your bandmate? Because I'm just going to assume that you guys are well, obviously together. We're not married. <laughs> uh, yes, we're not married, but uh, we are together. And I, th- I mean, I think, I think, I don't know. It's great for for me and us, and it really works. I think the my favorite part about my and our career is that we get to go through the highs together and we go through the lows together. That's so right. we're never alone in any of it. There's always somebody to celebrate with. There's always somebody to commiserate with. Um, there's always a travel buddy. You never have to, you know, take these flights and do all this stuff alone, which I never wanted to be a solo artist, uh, or a solo anything. Like I did give a solo career a go before I moved to Nashville. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't like it. I'm by myself. I hate it. Uh, because I grew up playing with people, which I think we'll get to in a minute. And so being able to have a career with with your person is um, great. I don't know that it's for everyone. You know, I think pe- some people are very like they need their thing and they're on their own and they're doing their thing and then their person is doing their thing and then, you know, they see each other at dinner every night and that's cool too. Um, I think everybody's different in that way, but I think it definitely – works for me and it works for us and it's it's my favorite part about what we do is the fact that you know we get to do it all together Aww. that's very hard that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's always nice to see people so who can, like who can who can actually do that together because i know some people just could not could not like work with their partner yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, you know, you, you see it happen where people do and then it doesn't work out and all of that stuff. And I think, I don't know, I've never been worried about that part of it. It's just, well, of course it's going to work out. It's all fine. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think we also just, we really rely on each other to, to get through stuff and to, um, you know, get on stage every night and we use each other as, as help up you know and i think that's part of it too is knowing how to how to have that balance and all of that so oh that's great i actually didn't realize that (laughs) we don't make a thing out of it that's the that's the main thing is like it's not part of our some some bands that are that way make it a part of their whole thing which i think is great and it's cool but it's not the thing we want everyone to focus on oh yeah so for us it's sort of like a if you know you know and that's cool but if you don't that's cool too. <laughs> and if you want us to cut that, we can. <laughs> no, it's cool. Oh. All right. I was just asking the point of question. I, I it, something you said earlier made me think that like you you guys weren't together, but people would assume that that was a thing all the time. And that was I I just yes. completely misread that. I, I know what well, who was it? <laughs> Iron and Wine. I think that was their dynamic because they weren't together. Um, I think that was the band name. Oh yeah, um, right. Wait, are there two people? I I thought Iron and Wine was just Sam Beam. I think there's only one in Iron and Wine. Right? What band? I for Civil Wars maybe was that it? 
Civil Wars. You're thinking of the yeah. Civil Wars. Oh, right. Yeah. Civil Wars. Everybody thought they were together, but they were like both right. married. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. And I just. I, <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need to get A little awkwardness there. They're not a band anymore for a reason, I assume. I know. Well, they were so good. Yeah, together. I have no idea. They were so great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there is that. I think it's it's like usually one way or the other. People assume that we are, or they assume that we're not. Um, but they always ask, and we always just tell them whatever we feel like on that day. <laughs> Sometimes we tell them and sometimes we like make up some story and oh, like that we're arch enemies and it's a good time. <laughs> we actually just, we hate each other so much. Yep. We've and used that one. <laughs> where the music comes from. Oh. Yeah. Then- sometimes people will, they'll say like, are you married? Are you brother and sister? And we'll just say both. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, You're not that far south. What happens in Alabama stays in Alabama. <laughs> exactly. Woof. Okay. I'm glad we don't have any listeners in Alabama. Yeah, that. Oh, it's not like that's the first time that joke's ever been made. Yeah, that's not make it okay. <sighs> well, all right. We I apologize on behalf of everything that everyone has just said. I am. I, I'm just this. <laughs> what can I say? I'm just. That's yeah, not the worst yeah. joke. I'm a grade A doofusaurus. <laughs> It's going to be my next band. <laughs> Grade A Doofasaurus playing at Bonnaroo. Ooh, yes. <laughs> playing at the other tent. Yeah, that's that's actually going to be the yeah. new solo project. Grade A Doofasaurus. I love it. It'll, oh. Mine is a, yeah, that's a good one. I'll play for kids' birthday parties <laughs> exclusively. Oh, that would be good, Andrew. That is good. It's yeah. such a good market for kids' music in Seattle. That would really. Casper yeah. Baby can't, can't play every gig. <laughs> it's a real person i i believe you cool. i i <laughs> will awesome. take your word for it wholeheartedly is it's the guy from the presence of the united states of america he started a kid's oh, thing oh wow. baby band. yeah dang yeah huh that's a that's a career played, shift interesting he's played our events i didn't well, not like the events i've worked no, I think uh, I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think yeah, he wasn't he there at Timber last year? No, he wasn't at Timber, he was at Chomp. Huh. It's that free festival in Redmond in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Uh. Small world. Well, speaking of sure. kids and music. Oh, th- good there's one. Our segue. Segue. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dang. I, I, I was, was getting there. I, it took a little longer than I anticipated, but I was I was intentionally building that up. So, Sarah, um, the one thing I really knew about you when when Belmont started, and I I don't know why I knew this, but um, was that you were part of a School of Rock program? I was. Um, so the School of Rock, probably the reason you knew about it was because I was like gone all the time and everybody was always like, where'd Sarah go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I would never go to any of those. They'd have like the hair and hall meetings and I was never there because I was gone like every weekend. Oh, there were um, meetings? For this thing. I think so. <laughs> there were on our floor anyway. They always oh, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. They, but we were in the basement, so it was weird in the basement. <laughs> the basement um, was the easier place to sneak boys into. There were like eight of us. You know, I don't. I was so worried about getting in trouble that like none of that was happening in my dorm. Oh, that definitely happened like, in mine. Yeah, I don't even remember. I, I think was there was right one by girl the stairwell, that was, so was, it was easy. that way. Oh, easy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think that. I mean, you definitely could have stuck people in and out the window, but 
what did you say Andrew? i called you all heathens why okay like, oh my goodness my my poor little sheltered soul <laughs> that never happened at my undergrad um so so uh yeah that's, that that might be where that might be where but um it was that or like that big facebook group oh true yeah, yeah. true true um, so, well, with that said, so I was a part of this, um, program called the, at the time it was called the Paul Green School of Rock. Now it's just called School of Rock, um, because Paul Green sold it. Um, but this program started in Philadelphia, um, in, I want to say the late nineties or early two thousands. And they started to open basically like franchises kind of. Mm-hmm. And the first one that was not in Philly was open in my hometown, of Downingtown, which is about 40 miles west of Philly. Um, and I joined the program as a student. Um, my older brother knew the, the kids whose parents were opening the school. And so he became a teacher. I became a student. And um, at the time, I mean, even now, I think now there's like, don't quote me on this, but there's probably close to 100 schools nationwide. Um, but at the time, there were two. And as I was going, I was about 15 or 16 when I joined um, and so they had the main school in Philadelphia and a program called the All-Stars, which they still have. They're just all sort of regionally based and they do um, they do less than they did when I was in it. So when I was in it, um, got into this All-Stars program and we toured all over the country. We played with John Anderson from Yes. We played with John Wetton from Asia. Uh, some of the kids played with Peter Frampton. I didn't get to, which I was very sad about that. Um, but so this program, basically, you'd go in for like your weekly lesson. Still this way, you go in for your weekly lesson. And then there are several seasonal shows. So like my first show was funk and reggae. And so you get assigned like five funk and reggae songs. And then at the end of the season, you put on a show. Oh, nice. And so that was kind of the deal which and i think there were like two or three seasons essentially a year so i remember i did a funk and reggae one i did a led zeppelin one i did a women in rock one which was all women artists and um, musicians and it was the coolest thing because just the timing of it for me was really really great because i was in my teens and i got to sort of just work on my performance skills and we did. We went to Germany and did the Zappanali nice. Festival. I went to Sweden and worked with kids over there. Like it was just a really, really cool program to get to be a part of. And yeah, um, that's so. so and cool. I did it through. Yeah, I did it all the way through my first year in college. Um, they just kept asking me to come back and do stuff. So I was like, sure, whatever, yeah. I'll come do it. I get paid for it now, nice. so that was fun. Um, So it was a really great thing and it just like was a way for me to sort of learn how to be a performer, you know, and and make relationships. I still keep in touch with some of the kids. One of the drummers that was in it drums for Dr. Dog now. Like there are some – one of the bassists, she plays with Adrian Ballou. Like there's just some cool stuff that some of the the kids that I went to the school with at the time are doing. And so um, it was really, really cool and just – Um, To have that kind of a music education, which was barely based on theory and mostly just based on being creative and learning songs. That's what you did in your lessons. You learned how to play the songs. So like that's where I learned to play slide. And with other people. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a skill that you can't 
get by just taking regular music lessons. Um, no, I remember taking regular music lessons and most of the time, like if we had, if, and that was a big, if we had a recital, mm-hmm. it would just be like us with the guitar right. or on the piano mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it was in high school. I think somebody, um, my teacher must've been kind of inspired by that mm-hmm. because he took that approach where he would have recitals and they would be at a real place in public, not some random ass little bookstore, right. <laughs> but like, yeah, like outdoor concerts that were a big deal and there'd be the people you were playing with were like other students. Right. And that was just so, so cool. And especially, um, I feel like if you're not in like band right, or like if you play guitar, like maybe you get to be in jazz band. Right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, there's not really any structured opportunities to um, learn how to play with other people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think yeah. that just that skill, especially if you want to go into music, you've got to be able to play with other people. And um, so having that from a very early, early age was, I think, really, really great for me. Um, yeah. So- and did you already play guitar when you started with that? I did. I started playing guitar when I was 10. Um, my dad is, um, he's a woodwind player. Um, so he used to play in like the pit orchestras when all the musicals would come off of Broadway and tour into Philadelphia and he repairs musical instruments for a living. So when I was a kid, he worked at a music store teaching lessons and fixing horns. And so I would go after school and hang out. I'd have a clarinet lesson and whatever. And I, at some point, just I saw this like little almost kid size electric guitar and I was like dad I really want to play that and I must have bugged him for like a year and finally he bought me an acoustic guitar (laughs) he was like you're not getting the electric you're getting the acoustic that's the way it is I was like fine (laughs) I was like if you stick it out you can have an electric in a year and I was like okay and so I started taking lessons at the music store and I did end up getting an electric eventually for my birthday (laughs) And then kind of just like took lessons on and off um, until the school of rock thing happened. And then I took lessons, but again, they were, they were less, um, you know, there was no reading involved, which I loved sight reading. Actually, that was one of my favorite parts about Belmont is like, I'm still, if I can find something to sight read, I'll do it. Um, but nice. I loved having that element. And also like I grew up playing clarinet and violin. And so having those skills, it doesn't really help me in my everyday artistry, but I like to have it in my back pocket if I need it. Um, oh, yeah. So I – but the School of Rock thing was was not that at all. There was no reading. There was no uh, – really no theory with my teachers anyway, which that's probably something that people could have – that kids could have used was theory because I didn't really know a lot of theory until I got to college. And then I was sort of in trouble a little bit with, with my school, you know, with my grades, but that didn't matter in the end. Um, but the school of rock just, you know, it gave you strength in your ear because you had to go home and learn these songs. And then the teachers would like help guide you, but it was really more about going home, learning your songs and then having to learn how to play them on stage And so that was the teaching method, which I think it still is. Um, And I think it was great. It was a great opportunity to get to do. And there's something about knowing that you're going to play on stage that makes you really want to practice because there's nothing like having those nightmares of like, exactly. Oh no, I forgot my parts. And uh, 
I'm a doofus enough for exactly. I've done that live. Yep. They're just flubbed a guitar solo. and like, well, that was embarrassing. I probably should have practiced that more. Yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I love that there are these programs now that seem to be really focused around um, more of a real world experience mm-hmm. for um for kids like more real world musicianship totally and not just playing with other people but also like andrew said like playing in front of an audience Mm -hmm. a real audience um playing real songs like going home and having to learn a part either by ear or if it's on pro tab or whatever um there's a lot to be said for that and um it's something that i i wish i had really existed more when i was young Mm -hmm. i especially think about programs like uh the the rock and roll girls camps like the southern rock girls camp Mm -hmm. in nashville and middle tennessee Mm -hmm. or the rain city rock camp up here um especially just for uh catering to to young women yeah um girls Mm -hmm. who i i mean i don't know um about your experience but i i was from a really rural area Mm -hmm. when i started playing I listened to what was considered really weird music. Um, and if there had been something, yeah. And if there had been something like. Well, let's be honest. Prince, Prince is eccentric. Prince is very famous. True. He is, but it's, it's non-traditional, which is good. Mm-hmm. I it like wasn't that. pop. It wasn't like what was on the radio. Right, it sure. wasn't Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. But, um, and yeah. I, and I, listened to, I listened to stuff weirder than that too. But, um, but if I had had something like, uh, like a rock camp or even a rock school, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have made me feel a little bit less like a, a weird, a weird kid. Yeah. Like, sure. Oh, here are these other people who like listen to the replacements yeah. and not even like my age or even the instructors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was something that I think was so valuable to me because I was that way too. I, my dad raised me on like Steely Dan And like just stuff that my friends were not listening to. And also just being a, you know, when you're 16 and you are a girl and you play guitar, like you are, you are an odd person out. Like you're, I mean, at least I was not the cool girl. I was not popular or anything like that. But having this, you know, where all of my friends were, were also players and there was nothing odd or different about it it was just we were all there doing the same thing learning the same stuff and there was a community that I don't think I would have gone to where I am now if I didn't have that then you know because it also forces you a lot of the kids I found myself included that were involved were like like me and the fact that they weren't the cool kids and they were shy and the stage brought something out of us you know and so giving kids an outlet like that is, I think, so valuable. And I wish there was more of it, you know. So the more stuff like that I see, I'm like, how can I get involved and how can I you know, be a part of that? Because it's just so great and having lived it and I can see it's very visible to me, the effect that that had on me. Yeah. And, and do you still participate in uh, the rock school? I don't as much. I did when they first opened here. I, my brother, actually the same one who taught at the school that I grew up in, moved down here to teach at the one here. Um, but he left that job and I think it may have changed ownership a few times. And so I just sort of like lost communication with the people um, running it. And we've been so busy too. But at first we were, we were, we would come in and do sort of like a master class type of thing. And it was pretty nice. cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's um actually a school of rock right next to my boxing gym in my neighborhood. Oh, nice. So, like, I go to the gym, and then every time I go by the school of rock, and I'm like, yeah. maybe if I get some free time, I should like see if they need some help. Totally. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I've. You know, the funny thing is, I just noticed that there's one over in my neck of the woods. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> strange, and uh, I was like, huh, I wonder what the deal yeah. is with that. Wonder if that's. Like, did Jack Black start it, or is this an actual thing? That or? is what is funny is this this school, as far as I know, started before that movie came out. So I'm pretty but, sure it did. That movie yeah. was, what, 2005? What's Something that? like that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I mean, even like, before so that. Early 90s, you got some. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, something I, I, I just want to do more of, because I feel like, those things have become more prominent. I think we can see the results of it. Totally. I yep. feel like there are a lot more like, especially awesome women starting mm-hmm. bands. Yep. Um, especially in Nashville. Yeah, totally. Like, it's kind of, there's a really great community of like indie rock, punk pop women mm-hmm. starting bands. Yeah. And that's like not something I really anticipated. Um, oh, I know. When I first moved to Nashville in like 2007, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's been I I have noticed it over the last couple of years how um it's it's just become a thing and it's so great that that women are finally being able to get out. Not that that, that we haven't before, but like I I don't know. I have an interesting take on it all because I didn't grow up thinking that it was like weird that I was a girl and I played guitar. It was just like what I did and no one else thought it was weird. And um, I I also never really experienced anything until I was an adult and like we'd go to a show and we'd be setting up and after the show, somebody would come up to me and they said, I thought you were just that guy's girlfriend before you started to play. Uh, And it's like, it still happens (laughs) and it's so annoying. But I never experienced that growing up. So none of that ever was like a part of my mindset. It was just like, I play guitar. It's what I do. That's cool. Whatever. And so I've always like carried that with me. And But it's been over the past couple of years that I've noticed like, wow, there's some like imbalance here <laughs> that I didn't see. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. even like as a young adult, I didn't see it. And now, but now it seems like it's starting to hopefully it's starting to balance itself out and there are just some some great women artists and players that are becoming known which is so exciting and just like opening the doors and so it's a good time it's a good time to be in Nashville as a part of that too and um it's exciting (laughs) oh totally um just just uh there's one more thing I want to talk about with the rock camps like I know that all three of us kind of agree that they're great um, but I don't know if any of you have heard, I, I don't want to describe it as fogeyism, but it is kind of old fogeyism. Um, I've definitely heard some people, uh, say, oh, well, I didn't have that when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you just had to find like your other people and you had to work to start a band and then you had to like book your own shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I don't know, like for me. I, I just I think I've said this a couple in a couple episodes recently, but don't we just always want the world to be better for future generations? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, there's that. There's also the whole like, well, Steve Jobs started Apple in his garage, sure. but that does that mean that we sh- none of us should ever go to business? Right. School? Yeah. yeah. I mean, True. <laughs> yeah. Like props is props to Steve. Great job. Like seriously, yeah. well done. Respect that, but uh, not everybody's going to do that. Yeah, right. and it's the um, idea of you shouldn't like compare yourself to 
of prodigies i think it's so easy to do mm-hmm. like oh yeah oh man when like a, a prince again when prince was 19 he already put out like an album and all this stuff like yeah well there are people who didn't like pick up the guitar until they were 30 and like they're great like it's it's kind of you can't judge yourself based on what other people do you just have to do what's best for you and if what's best for you is to not do any of these like programs Mm -hmm. or things that's fine yeah exactly but um I guess I do want to want to ask like um do you feel like there was anything missing from doing that kind of experience versus like having to book shows on your own as a teenager like is that something that became harder to learn um I think there was a a little of that because once I was like 17 or 18, I was still in the program, but I was also playing guitar with a friend of mine who she did book her own shows and I would kind of help do some of that stuff. And um, you definitely did not have that skill. Um, Everything was pretty much taken care of. Your flights were always taken care of. Your, you know, travel was always sorted by someone else um, because they were obviously, they had a massive liability of having 20 children traveling, you know? So um, that was always all sorted. And I do think that there is like that side of being, you know, being an artist or being a player or whatever that the school didn't didn't do and didn't help with. I think even now there's probably even more of a need for something like that involved in a program like that because of social media, which really didn't exist when I was doing this, you know, Facebook was about it and you really didn't promote your MySpace. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wonder if now they might even have something like that, but like, like maybe there would be a weekend where they do like a camp on how to book your own shows and how, cause ultimately all these kids end up forming their own bands and writing music anyway. So, you know, you have like the shows that you got to put on, but then people, people, you know, join up and make music together. And they didn't have, they didn't give us that skill of how to do any of that stuff. So that would have been, I mean, obviously the music part of it. Yeah. You've got to be able to set these kids up for success Mm -hmm. to to do well later on, because just because they can play doesn't mean they're not going to get chewed up and spit back out by the industry. Exactly. Um, Yep. So uh, when I was growing up, it was a, uh, the dynamic was if you wanted to play in a band, you had three options. One, you had to make friends, which wasn't exactly my forte. (laughs) Same. Two, (laughs) join the church band. Right. Yeah. Which I did. Uh, My mom was uh, on the youth staff and I was there early all the time anyways. And so I, had a pair of drumsticks and um, I didn't, for reference, I didn't start taking guitar seriously until I was an adult. So throughout high school, I was um, just a drummer through and mm-hmm. through. And I still love drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I picked up a pair of drumsticks and I just joined the band and that's what I did. And that's where a lot of my experience came from. And then the other option was to join the school band, mm-hmm. which was probably one of the more valuable experiences yeah, I had. Yeah, definitely. But I didn't do any of the booking. Uh, the high school I went to, the jazz band was the band that brought in most of the revenue mm-hmm. to make up for the lack of state funding. Wow. And so our band teacher was our promoter. We played all up and down Southern huh, California at different cool. events and stuff. Got, oh, man, we didn't do that. Yeah, we didn't either. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's cool. I definitely feel like we were getting cashed out a little <laughs> bit. It was only the spring semester, but we would play a couple gigs a week. Wow. Um, yeah, that's it was, really cool. That is like cool. we'd go play like at the local prison, and like they'd requested Freebird, so we learned really how to play cool. Freebird. <laughs> that's really um, cool. So, I, had a, I, was then the other, a, I was such a little murderino. Like I loved like unsolved mysteries. I was like prison, prison. 
<laughs> what do you do to get in? <laughs> like what you in for? I mean, those are those are the three options in my little town. And I never learned how to do promoting, and yeah. I go after college. I'm like, I want to find people to play with, but like all I knew was like how to join the school jazz band. <laughs> and quite frankly, I, I was I'm a I'm a decent drummer, but it was never amazing. Yeah. And so I go off to college, and I meet these other people who are like auditioning for the jazz band. I'm like, oh my goodness, you actually, oh wow, you took lessons your entire life. <laughs> Ooh yikes yeah uh oh yeah i can't keep up with right. that so i just i just i didn't really try mm-hmm. um so I, I played for um played for the church i was attending um for like five yeah. years and don't get me wrong for for the for the style of music i'm into and um uh, that was, has been a great experience for me and i've always enjoyed playing at church nice. but it's a very different niche and very much important for people to have these kinds of skills totally uh, that's not something that church prepared church prepared me for many other different things mm-hmm. musically speaking yeah. th- that wasn't one of them <laughs> so yeah cool well um on that note sarah is there anything else you want to you want to talk about uh shout out promote oh man uh this is your chance this is this my is- time to shine um i don't know i think that's it i think um we've we've got you know instagram and twitter and facebook and all of that just at striking matches and We've got a lot of new music coming out this year and hopefully doing a bunch of touring very soon and all that good stuff. And yeah. I don't suppose you'll be swinging through the Seattle area. I'm sure we will. Yeah, I'm sure we will be uh, eventually. It's been, it's been a little too long since we've been up to Seattle, so I'm sure we will be. I'll have to carve time out of my schedule to make sure I attend that show. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll say, uh, I've really been loving those little like 30 second videos you've been posting on Instagram. Ah, thanks. Yeah. Was it uh, L-, L. King, I think? Oh, yeah. I did an L. King one. Yeah. I've been trying to do... Oh, that was dope. Um, thank you. I've been trying to do more of those kinds of things. Like, I'll take um, I'll take a pop song and whatever kind of, like, the drop is, I'll learn it on slide and then I'll make a video of, of doing that just to almost show that, like, you can play anything on the guitar, dang it. Um, yeah pop music needs more guitars exactly and honestly i think pop music is getting more guitars i think i notice it more and more like guitar intros and i think it is it is starting to some of it is getting like more rappy but also i think there's a lot of it that is actually coming back into more guitars which is really exciting i'm very pumped about that. nice (laughs) yeah totally um so what's the new single it's called don't hold back all right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll definitely post a link to that. Um, we have a Facebook group for everyone listening. Uh, it's the Get Offset Podcast Facebook group. Um, and I do a visual thread there for almost every episode um, as long as I'm near a computer within the next couple days after it drops, uh, which is typical. Um, so I'll post links to that and some of the other things we've talked about, probably some videos from the TV show Nashville, Yeah, <laughs> which I, you know, I liked that show. I, I liked that show because I could watch it. I could laugh at the idea of somebody walking from the Gulch to East Nashville uh, right? <laughs> or like walking out of Fido and stopping at a coffee cart. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I could call my grandmother and we could talk about it. Oh. Yeah, she loved that show. I really liked it, especially in the beginning. I was very into it. I kind of, once it was off of ABC and I didn't have whatever the network it moved to, uh, I kind of lost it. But I mean, having the songs on there um, was 
really, really cool for us. And like that show was huge in England too. And so now we've got this really great UK fan base, really thanks to starting with that show because they knew our songs that were on it. Um, and so we yeah. had the ability Didn't to like- your first album and- number one? Yeah, on I think the so. UK, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that show- I will always be so, so appreciative of that show and the people that worked on it. And we've made so many good friends of like the cast of that show. And um, so I'm, I'm a little sad that it's over because it was sort of this community that has somewhat dwindled because everybody's got to go, you know, they got to get jobs and that makes sense. And so a lot of the folks have moved yeah. out of town and, or don't come into town as often, but um, I'm super grateful for that show and what it's done for us just as, as songwriters and artists and all of that. So. Hey, all right. That's awesome. Very cool. <laughs> yep. Andrew, you have anything you want to send us out on? Uh, I don't think so. I think, I think it's time to wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Well, to everyone listening, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, this was the Get Offset Podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sarah. Goodbye. Goodbye.